Right, Emmy and Eli, I can see your hands. Yep, come down. Come down if you're volunteering, just come down. Dave, come down. Ryan. We want old ones, younger ones. If you're a child and you want to see what's happening, feel free to come and sit down at the front. Brilliant. Oh, this is so great. Thank you. Thank you for volunteering yourselves. Right, now I'm going to give you some roles, and I'd like you to wear these things. Right, Joanna. Emmy, you look like a Joanna. You want to put that on? Mary Magdalene, you can be her. Mary, James's mom. Let's have an angel, Brian. You can be an angel. And, um, oh, yeah, Graham, you can be an angel. Peter, Ed, you've got the job. Now, I need some people to direct disciples. You look like you'd be good at that. And um, who else have we got? We're all tangled. You can be discipled. Disciples. Whoop. Disciples down there. Dave, Jesus. Clear pass. Right, Dan, you can be clear pass this friend. Oh, actually, I'll give it to Eli. Right. You can be a disciple. You can be a disciple. You can be a disciple. So can we have all the disciples in a little group over here? Disciples? Luke, do you want to come over here? Andre, do you want to come and be a disciple over here? Right, now, the people we need in the first bit are the angels and the women. So, Cleopas and Cleopas's friend, if you could just hang out over there for now. Right. Now, we also need some props to this so that we feel like we're, we're in the moment. Women, you need some burial spices. Uh, Chili powder and paprika, I'm sure, were exactly what was used. And um, you've got some lines to say between you, but I'll come over to you at the mic at your point. Uh, Jesus, you've definitely got some lines. Uh, right, and okay, so if we could have Jesus, you're not around yet, you need to go over that way. Right, so what we need is, you all shuffle that way a little bit. We need the women, the burial spices, and we need a tomb. Right, might have to use your imagination. Okay. Right. Right, imagine a big stone being rolled away here. So, let's see if we can do this. Listen to what I'm saying, and I want you to act it out as we go. Okay, at the crack of dawn on Sunday, the women at the tomb carrying the burial spices they had prepared. They found the entrance tomb rolled back from the tomb. Sorry, the entrance stone rolled back from the tomb. Look in amazement. So they walked in. They walked in. But once inside, 
They couldn't find the body of the master Jesus. They were puzzled, wondering what to make of this. Then out of nowhere, it seemed, two men, angels, we think, light cascading over them stood there. The women were awestruck. Okay, you can come out now and see the angels. And look surprised. And they bowed down in worship. The men said, Why are you looking for the living one in a cemetery? He's not here, but raised up. Remember how he told you when you were still back in Galilee that he had to be handed over to sinners to be killed on a cross and in three days rise up? Then they remembered Jesus' words. They left the tomb. Right, let's just move this tomb now. We don't need that anymore. Thank you, angels. They left the tomb and broke the news to the eleven and the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them kept telling these things. Tell them everything that happened. To the apostles. But the apostles didn't believe a word of it. They didn't believe a word of it. No. They thought they were all making it up. Peter. But Peter jumped to his feet (laughs) and ran to the tomb. He stooped to look in and saw a few grave clothes, that was all, and he walked away puzzled, shaking his head. Okay, now we need Cleopas and Cleopas's friend. Right, so ladies, if you just sit down here for a bit. Right. That same day, two of them were walking to the village, Emmaus, about seven miles out of Jerusalem. They were in deep conversation, going over all these things that had happened in the middle of their talk and questions. Jesus came and walked along with them, but they were not able to recognize who he was. He asked, What's this you're discussing so intently as you walk along? They just stood there, long face, like they had lost their best friend. Then one of them, his name was Cleopas, said, Are you the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what's happened during the last few days? What has happened? I'm going to read all this. The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, he was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by both God and all the people, Then our high priests and leaders betrayed him, got him sentenced to death, and crucified him. And we had our hopes up that he was the one, the one about to deliver Israel. And it is now the third day since it happened. But now some of our women have completely confused us. (laughs) Early this morning, they were at the tomb and couldn't find his body. They came back with the story that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of our friends... went off to the tomb to check and found it empty, just as the women said, but they didn't see Jesus. So thick-headed, so slow-hearted. Why can't you simply believe that all the prophets said? Don't you see that these things had to happen, that the Messiah had to suffer and only then enter into his glory? 
Then he started at the beginning with the book of Moses and went through all the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to him. They came to the edge of the village where they were headed. He acted as if he was going on, but they pressed him. Stay and have supper with us. It's nearly evening. The day is done. So he went in with them. We need this table. And here is what happened. He sat down at the table with them, taking the bread. He blessed it and broke it to them. At that moment, open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognized him. They recognized him. (laughs) And then he disappeared. Disappeared. (laughs) Back and forth they talked. Didn't we feel on fire as he conversed us with us on the road? As he opened up the scriptures for us. They didn't waste a minute. They were up and on their way back to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their friends gathered together talking away. It's really happened. The master's been raised up. Simon saw him. Then the two went over everything that had happened on the road and how they recognized him when he broke the bread. While they were saying all this, Jesus appeared. (laughs) They thought they were seeing a ghost and were scared half to death. He continued with them. Don't be upset. And don't let all these disturbing questions take over. Look at my hands. And look at my feet. Legit got my feet out for you. It's really me. Touch me. Look over from head to toe. A ghost doesn't have a muscle or bone like this. As he said this, he showed them his hands and feet, and they still couldn't believe what they were seeing. It was too much. He seemed too good to be true. He asked, Do you have any food here? They gave him some leftover fish. They gave him a piece of leftover fish they had cooked. He took it and ate it right before their eyes. (laughs) This is real acting going on. Then he said... Everything I told you while I was with you (laughs) comes to this. All the things written about me in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms have to be fulfilled. He went on to open their understandings of the Word of God. He showed them how to read their Bibles in this way and said, You can see how it is written that the Messiah suffers, rises from the dead on the third day, And then a total life changed through the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed in his name to all nations. Starting from here, from Jerusalem, you're the first to hear it and see it. You're the witnesses. What comes next is very important. I am sending what my father promised to you, so stay here in the city until he arrives, until you're equipped with the power from on high. 
He then led them out of the city, over to Bethany, raising his hands, and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, took his leave, being carried up to heaven. (laughs) And they were on their knees, worshipping him. They returned to Jerusalem, bursting with joy. Bursting with joy. (laughs) They spent all their time in the temple praising God, yes. Let's give them a round of applause. And some chocolate. Can you open this? If I just pop it down here, take one and feel free to find your seats. Kids, if you want to stay at the front, do feel welcome to stay there. Thanks, Dave. Leave it there. Right, okay. Thank you. Thanks, Francis. <laughs> right. So now we're going to talk a bit. I was, these guys can't see anything there. If you want to come round, do feel free, uh, or you can come and look at the end. Right, so now we're going to talk a bit about this story. So the story is kind of broken up into four parts. We could call those four parts tomb, room, no road, tomb, road, room, mount. Okay, now I just want to talk about these four parts of the story. In the first part of the story we see that Jesus wasn't in the tomb in verses 1 to 12. What this spoke about to me was that Jesus does the unexpected. Now, Jesus is not always with the people you expect him to be doing what you expect him to do. So think about when he was a kid and his parents lost him and then they found him in a temple and that was not where they'd expected him to be. He hung around with people that were unclean. He hung around with women. He went off by himself, and you often see in the Bible that the crowds are all looking for Jesus. They don't know where he is. When the women went and told Jesus that Jesus had raised from the dead, the apostles didn't believe them. I love the fact that Peter runs to go and find out. But this tells me, in your own life, don't box Jesus up. Jesus is often working in the unexpected places, doing unexpected things. And often, I found in my own work with God that he surprised me. The second part talks about the road. So verses 13 to 35, it's called the road to Emmaus. Now what this says to me is that Jesus is walking with you, even when you don't see him or notice him. Isn't it amazing that Cleopas and Cleopas's friend were walking along and they didn't even recognize who Jesus was? Sometimes we assume that God is only in our holy moments, that he's only there when we're praying, that he's only there when we're worshiping, but actually God is with us in the mess. Jesus is with us in the mess. 
He wants to chat to us. He wants us to help us understand things from his perspective. When he was walking with Cleopas and his friends, he was teaching them all about the Bible and opening it up to them. And that was a seven-mile-long journey from Emmaus to Jerusalem. And all that time, they were talking and didn't recognize him. The Bible says also that Jesus had planned to walk further, but they invited him to stay. And I think there's something about Jesus always responds to our invitation to him. I love the bit that says Jesus disappeared and then they didn't waste a minute before they went straight back to Jerusalem to tell all the apostles. So they'd walk seven miles and then they got there, they ate some bread and then they went all the way back to Jerusalem as fast as they could. 14 miles, that's quite a long stretch. The next bit of story, we go to the room where the disciples were, verse 36 to 49. In this place, he unlocks the Bible in light of his resurrection, and we wait for his power. He shows them that he's real and not a ghost. He tells them to touch him, eat some fish in front of them. He does really practical ways to show them that he is there in full body. He then opens up the Bible to their understanding and makes sense of the Old Testament. Everything in the Bible needs the light of the resurrection to shine on it in order for us to understand it. If you struggle with bits of the Bible and they don't make sense to you, I recommend you read them again, but in light of the resurrection. You see, it's hard to understand the Bible without knowing that. I love the fact that in the message version it says, total life change through the forgiveness of sins. And the same is still true for us today. That the message, this new message that was to go from Jerusalem to the rest of the world means total life change as God forgives our sins. He also tells his disciples to wait for Holy Spirit. The promised, he calls it the promised gift. He tells them to wait in the city until they're equipped with power from on high. So I want to just say to you, are you reading his word Are you reading the Bible through the light of the resurrection? Are you waiting for him to equip you with power as you go out? The last part of the story is the mount, which is verses 50 to 53. In this bit of the story, Jesus is, we call it ascension, which is a big fancy word, but it's when Jesus went up to heaven to be with the Father Now, the reason we've done this on a mount is because it was happened at the place of Bethany. And this was a place on the Mount of Olives. And in this part, we see that he gives us his blessing. He gives his disciples the blessing, and then he leaves the work to the disciples with Holy Spirit power. For some people here today, I think the message you need to take away from you is that God has blessed you. That his blessing is on your life. But we need his Holy Spirit power in order to work, walk out all that God has for us. I find it interesting that while he was still with his disciples earlier in this chapter, he said to them that they needed to tell about his resurrection and the forgiveness of sins from Jerusalem to all the other nations. And as soon as Jesus ascended, the very first thing his disciples did was go straight back to Jerusalem, wait for that power, and then from that place, 
they spread the word of Jesus and his resurrection and the forgiveness of sins. And if you want to read more about what happened after the Holy Spirit comes, you can read Acts, and that tells us all about that. So today, what is the truth from the story that you need to take away? Is it that Jesus does the unexpected in your life? Is it that Jesus is walking with you even though perhaps you don't notice it at times? Is it that you need him to unlock the Bible in light of the resurrection because there's bits that you really struggle with? Is it that you need to wait to be clothed with his power? Is it that you need to know that you are blessed and that he wants to give you Holy Spirit to live out his worth? So let's just spend one moment listening to what Holy Spirit wants to say to us and ask him, what do we do about it? God, I pray that you will show us what you want to reveal to us through your word today. I pray that you will help us to take on the story in a new way. God, we thank you for all that you accomplished in dying on that cross and all that that means for us. Amen.